Welcome to the Top Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Proud Mouse Pod Rocket Academy. I'm your host, Bill Cates, creator of the Cates Academy for Relationship Marketing. In each episode, I interview one of our industry's top performers, getting them to pass on their secrets to success to you so that you can impact more lives and generate more income. Now, on to the show. Welcome, welcome. Before we get going, I want to let you know about some free resources that I invite you to retrieve after you've listened to today's interview. You find checklists, guides, videos, other tools. Simply go to referralcoach.com forward slash resources. Now write this down unless you're driving as referralcoach.com forward slash resources. It's also in the show notes. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our weekly tips. We're always sharing best practices and we'll notify you of new podcast episodes when they go live. And while these are free to you, I think you'll also find them quite valuable. Everyone has heard the term curiosity killed the cat and cats are indeed very curious animals. I just finished watching my daughter's cat for a week, Boo, who thinks he's a dog, but I digress. How about you? Have you developed a strong curiosity muscle and do you exercise it often? When I teach advisors my process for generating referrals and personal introductions, I always stress that curiosity will serve you well in this business because being curious with your curious with your prospects and clients will do at least two things. First, you'll be a better advisor to your clients because money intersects absolutely every aspect of one's life. And so the more you learn about your clients, you'll actually find more ways to help them, to serve them, to bring value to them. And a side benefit of that curiosity is that you'll learn about others in your clients' lives, many of whom may become great candidates for your work down the road. So one part of today's episode will be devoted to a discussion about how your curiosity can help you identify and attract new clients. With this in mind, let me introduce you to today's featured guest. Chris Ridgway is relatively new in this business, about five years but has, has attained a high level of success in a pretty short period of time. Now, if you're a tenured veteran in this business, you may be thinking, what can someone so new in this business teach me? Well, I want to urge you to stay with us. I've been in this business for 30 years, and I still learn things from new folks all the time. Sometimes it's just being reminded of stuff that I should have been doing and you know lost the habit somewhere along the way. So with that said, uh, Chris Ridgeway. Uh, Chris has been successful quickly because he's relentless at creating opportunities to serve new clients. Before becoming an advisor, Chris was in medical device sales, but felt like he just didn't have the freedom he wanted to, as well as feeling like his potential had a, a ceiling. So at the time, his wife, Sadie, was a recruiter for a financial firm. So she became his recruiter. I guess she believes in her husband's potential, something like that. <laughs> now she continues to work with him as his director of recruiting, uh, married to the boss, I suppose. Chris <laughs> and Sadie are enjoying the adventure of raising two little boys, Crosby, who's three, and Harris, who's one, along with their 170-pound Mastiff German Shepherd mix, Murphy. Now that must be one large, hairy dog. Mastiff German Shepherd. Hey, Chris Ridgway, <laughs> hailing from Appleton, Wisconsin. Welcome to Top Advisor Podcast. Bill, thanks so much for having me. Your podcast has done wonders for my business. For those of you not familiar with Wisconsin, yes, it's true. Our two main food groups are beer and cheese. 
first time I ever had too much beer was <laughs> I was in 11th grade and my uh, sister was going to school in Madison, Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin. And, and that's all they do up there, I think, and especially in the winter. Uh, so, you know, I've got all kinds of things I want to dive into, but you just got to tell me 170 pound Mastiff German mix, hairy, big, hairy dog. What, what's this, this fellow looking like? Absolutely. He's a, a big, big lap dog, a shedding <laughs> machine, but he does so well with our kids and is such a big lover. And we're so glad that we got a dog that really fits the void of having two kids from the weight perspective, as well as just being a gentle giant. <laughs> when my daughter and I were looking for a, a dog, we ended up with a golden retriever, but a friend had a, a Neapolitan Mastiff, which is the Mastiff that's in the Harry Potter movies. And so I asked him about the slobber. He says, oh, that's it's not that big a deal. You get these rags from Safeway. You can get it off the walls and the ceiling. And I go, walls and ceiling slobber. Now, I think we'll look in another direction. Thank you very much. Oh, absolutely. You know, before <laughs> kids, I'd have to have a a slobber egg with me. Now I have a better excuse, but it, what goes around comes around. Ah, there you go. So let's dive in here. Um, when we were preparing for this interview, you said that you've given new meaning to the old ABC of sales. For some, ABC stands for always be closing. And as we know, especially in financial services, that's an aggressive approach that usually hurts more than it helps. So you view ABC differently. Tell us about that and how you came by this way of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. My new version of ABC is always be curious. It's our job to be curious and truly get to know people, whether they're clients or not. I truly have a passion for caring about meeting other individuals. I can't take all the credit for this as I've observed my wife and her role as our director of recruiting. She's always connecting with possible future hires, the way that she carries herself in the conversation. So I've learned from her, embrace that, and then brought it into my own practice. Always be curious, which exactly. brings me to the, to the next question, which is related to this, I think. So you told me that you get a lot of your new clients through personal observation. You said those words, and that's not a term I hear as much as I used to. I, I used to hear it quite a bit. I don't know if it's old school or you know, people don't feel as comfortable with the strategy. So tell us more, what what does personal observation look like for you and how do you turn that into or has it play a role in client acquisition? Yeah, absolutely. So personal observations, whether I'm at the golf course, dropping the kids off at daycare, getting the dog groomed or at a wedding, it's happening in all of my daily discussions. So whomever, whomever I'm interacting with, as I mentioned, my wife and I fully embrace personal observations to really impact the community and the people that we serve. So I don't focus on if they're going to be a good client or not, but rather if our morals line up, we have similar interests, and I have a good understanding of their life and what's important to them. If that aligns with what my values are, I mean, we're all given two ears in one mouth. So I try to listen as much as I possibly can, connecting with people, hearing their stories. And if I feel that I'm either a good fit or they're a good fit or we hit it off, I'll call that potential prospect in a couple of days 
and reintroduce myself and ask if they'd be interested in sitting down and having a more professional conversation. So, so uh, several questions for you here. Um, you must just not be a shy person. I mean, do you, do you stick your nose? Do you stick your conversation, your curiosity in, into other conversations? Uh, are you kind of that person who's never met a stranger uh, tell me because I'm, I'm, I'm a little shy. I know it doesn't sound like it. I can speak to thousands of people on stage, but when it comes to that, sometimes I'm kind of shy and I know other advisors are, what, what does, what does that look like? How do you meet these people in these kinds of situations? Yeah. I mean, as I mentioned prior, I just love people and mm -hmm. I'm not someone who's just going to throw myself into a conversation I'm probably the person who's going to be off in a corner meeting one individual and just trying to hear their story, finding common ground. Maybe they make a comment about the pace of play on the golf course and mm. we can talk about that. And I just really like learning people's stories and getting to know them better. So I, it might sound sometimes like somewhat of an interrogation, but I'm there to truly just get to know them better because there's no reason that we just shouldn't have a lot of great people in our corner. So this could happen anywhere. True. I Absolutely. mean, could it happen standing in line in the grocery store? Could it happen taking your pet, you know, to the vet? Uh, give You know, golf course makes sense. Uh, you're there for this common adventure, uh, somewhat pleasurable, somewhat not uh, playing golf. Yeah. What, what are what are give us some examples, I guess, of some of the places you've met people and you've been able to then uh, sustain a bit of a relationship? Yeah. So when when COVID hit and my wife transitioned and I transitioned from Milwaukee up to Appleton, I was in a new community, but I knew one thing. I love people. And the options and places that we were able to go with things being shut down, not being able to visit places, we did find um a wine bar located pretty close to our house where we could just get out and feel like things were normal. And after just going there and, and meeting so many diverse individuals, early 20 year olds, 80 year olds, you know, when you have a common denominator, which this one, the variable here is wine, you just, you spark a conversation and you just get to talking to people. And the more you show face, whether it's at a restaurant or at the dog groomer, you become more and more comfortable around these individuals. So I don't always go out and look for specific people. If someone smiles at me and I smile back, that to me is a opening the door to have a conversation with them. And I just am such a strong believer in empowering others, getting to know them because you don't know what they're going through through their days. They don't know what I'm going through. And as I continue to connect with people being an extrovert it just gives me more and more energy throughout the day all right so you've said this a couple times i i love people so for anyone who's listening if you don't love people you can probably sign off now uh, <laughs> and you're probably in the wrong business anyway uh you, you mentioned follow-up. All right. So you have a conversation, you meet someone somewhere and you exchange a few things and maybe it turns into a bit of a conversation. You have something in common. How do you follow up? What, what, I mean, how do you get their contact information? What's the reason 
that you give them to gain their contact information in the first place so you can follow up. Absolutely. I mean, if you start talking with someone, you learn what their name is or where they work. The beautiful thing of the Internet these days is you can pretty much find anyone that you're looking for. So it might be an email. It might be a LinkedIn message, might be able to find their phone number. But I'm going to call them, pay them a compliment and just let them know what I do professionally, make no assumptions of where they're at in their journey but base my reach out specifically around us having similar interests and asking them to have that professional conversation. So a couple more things here. Uh, I, you know, I introduced this segment calling curiosity uh, or saying the curiosity muscle. And it seems to me that that's not a bad analogy here and that everyone has the ability to be curious some of us, I guess, are more inclined than others. Um, so it is a muscle we exercise and use and and get good at. Uh, would you find that was the case for you as well? Or did, were you just like naturally buff when it came to curiosity? <laughs> I was definitely not naturally buff, but growing <laughs> up with a sales background, learning from my peers, you have to build that curiosity muscle and learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable is what drives me every day. Because if I'm not uncomfortable or if I'm not working on that buffing up the courage muscle, I'm not growing personally or professionally. So it's just a way for me to continuously better myself and become a more well-rounded human being so I can talk with people, whether they're executives or just graduating from college. I mean, I want to find common ground with everyone that I talk to. So I just try to work in that courage muscle every single day and the curiosity muscle. That's interesting. I can just see Chris waking up now. Oh, how can I get uncomfortable today? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, here's something I do. Tell me what you think about this. I'd be curious to get curious to get your opinion. When I meet someone, uh, and, and especially someone I think I do want to follow up with, I often look for something, you know, non-business, something personal oriented, uh, maybe a book I read, maybe a website, maybe someone I know. And I just, I kind of hold back a little bit and I say, you know, can I, I, I read a great book on that. I, I got to dig it up on them. I'll figure it out or I got a copy. I can send it to you or, you know, can, can I get your email real quick and I'll, I'll reach out to you later today with that. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, a reason why that, you know, maybe isn't even business. It's just related to a laugh we had or a technique on golf or something like an article I read online or something, right? Do, do you do that sort of thing? Absolutely. Um, any conversations that come up, I tr to find that common ground, like you said, whether it's a golf swing and I see a video or something that we laughed about, you know, I love connecting with other people about those things, even if it's a good laugh, but also, it's just to take our barriers down and humanize each other for a little bit. Yeah. So and the and the key is follow up. So you say you follow up for a more of a business or a professional conversation. Uh, I, I'm just putting myself in that place. If if that happened to me and you call me, I'd probably say like what or about what. So go a little further with that. What does that look like? Yeah, the, the specific language that I use, depending on who the individual is and 
I mean, we're in the business of doing research, whether it's on the markets, on our clients, industry trends. I want to become an expert in something that will find that common ground. So if I'm talking to find out they're a director or a C-suite, reach out, Bill, I know you don't know me, but it's my mission to become a pillar in the community. I loved our conversation that we had at the wedding. I thought it was hilarious how we found common ground over this. Reason I reached out, like I mentioned, become a pillar in the community, connect with other successful people, hear their story. And I would love for the opportunity to earn the right to be a resource for for you. Mm. Please let me know if you would be open to connecting or just getting to know each other more professionally. So that brings us to something we talked about was this idea of uh, having some success with C-suite folks, uh, CEOs, CFOs, CMOs, EIEIOs. Uh, so this is that pillar in community. Give that to us again, because I think it's pretty cool language. And how do people react to that? Absolutely. So I start out with, I know you don't know me, but it's my mission to become a pillar in the community. And in order to do that, I must connect with successful people and hear their story. I would love for the opportunity to earn the right to be a resource for you. And what percentage would you say, say, sure. <laughs> when I get them on the phone, I'd say it's probably a 70% success rate. And I think good. that's because a lot of us were so stuck in our own worlds, our clients, but if we can take a step back and look at the forest from afar, we drive past opportunities all day long. Whether we're traveling long distance, short distance, there's businesses we're driving by. And I'm sure there's a lot of drop-ins or phone calls, but if I'm calling someone just to get to know them and hear their story versus talking about why I'm the reason that they should be working with me as their advisor, I just don't feel like that's a good way to get off on the right foot with someone. Yeah. So I always try to find that common opportunity when I call them of, hey, I drive past your business all the time. I see you're a contractor. What kind of projects do you do? Find that common ground. And then once the conversation starts or if I get into the meeting, now we're just two people meeting trying to find a common objective of what are they looking to accomplish? What am I looking to accomplish? And it sounds like in at least a lot of cases, you uh, show them a lot of respect by uh, either calling them or implying that they are a pillar in the community and you want to get to know those people so that you can become one uh, yourself and you're presenting yourself as a resource, which I found is not a bad word to use when you're reaching out to folks. People, especially business folks, tend to always be looking for resources. Um, so um, I like that. Uh, I ha in about a minute, I, I want to cover two more topics with you. First, you mentioned that you had listened to one of my previous podcasts and I've had some success implementing what you've learned from that interview. Uh, not only am I, I guess, flattered by that, but you know, I, I want you to flesh that out a little bit. Maybe other people can benefit and learn from that. And I, I think you have a question for me around centers of influence specifically, and uh, we want to get to that. Happy to share, happy to be a resource for you. 
But first, let's take a brief pause to listen to a word from our sponsor, Pod Rocket Influence Academy, brought to you by Proudmouth. First, they make this podcast possible, and their core business is helping financial advisors like you accelerate their influence through marketing activities like podcasting. This podcast is sponsored by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. Proudmouth. Tired of chasing potential clients? We help you spend less time selling and more time advising by amplifying your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans who will chase you down instead. Visit proudmouth.com to learn more. Be your own loud. I need to take about another 30 to 40 seconds to let you know about our newest and even better than ever before Academy for Relationship Marketing. It's now online and it's waiting to help you move from incremental growth to exponential growth by multiplying your right fit clients. When you go to the katesacademy.com, that's the katesacademy.com, you'll see four leading edge state-of-the-art courses. Course one will help you communicate your value more effectively. Course two provides you with a clear path to becoming super referable, so you get more unsolicited referrals. Course three shows that it truly is possible to be proactive for referrals and introductions without being pushy, needy, feeling like that creepy referral guy that nobody wants to look like. And course four is about securing that all-important connection, meaning an effective introduction to your new prospect. And that's where it often falls apart for folks. So there's much more I could tell you about our academy, but I want you to I want to get back to the interview. So simply head over to thecatesacademy.com. That's www.thecatesacademy.com. And oh, make sure you use the coupon code TCA200, the Cates Academy, TCA200, and you'll save $200 off your investment. So now back to my conversation with featured guest, Chris Ridgway. Chris, you told me that you listened to the Top Advisor podcast episode number 27 with Jeremy Kyle, where we discussed his target market strategy uh, and, and related topics. Jeremy is based in Milwaukee and has had a great success building a reputation at Harley Davidson. Uh, how are you now applying that? How has that uh, episode impacted and what are you doing uh, with it? Yeah, Jeremy brought up the power of nesting within companies, specifically Harley-Davidson. And by coming an expert in your clients' employer benefits, how they fit specifically around the pension and how he was taking that information and becoming an expert within those companies and nesting there. And it was so obvious when I heard it and I thought about it, I reached out to my associate and I said, can you run a list of all of our clients that have pension plans? So I reached out to all of them, had them send them back to me. And now I put together a webinar with some of these companies, not Harley Davidson, by the way, and wanted to put on a webinar for the people that wanted to sign up. Now we're going to record the webinar, created some connections with HR or the directors of the plants. And now they're going to be pushing out the webinar to those employees to explain how their pensions work, how does their... HSAs or their insurance plans work. So I've just multiplied myself from meeting with four people to potentially 500. And I'm excited to see what kind of results those yield. So Jeremy, big shout out. 
that was super helpful. And I really appreciated you bringing that up. Chris, have you noticed that when you reach out to those folks, be it email, LinkedIn, verbally, whatever it might look like, because you have knowledge of their benefits package, just stating that because you work with other people in their firm, that kind of earns you a little more time and and you're bringing more relevant, perhaps more compelling message to them? 100%. You nailed it on the head. Relevancy around their employer benefits gets my foot in the door with pretty much everyone that I call. Even it doesn't matter the higher up they are, they're still not memorizing their benefits booklets or if they have a change in provider, how does that affect them? So by memorizing their booklets, becoming an expert in that, and bringing that to their attention, instant credibility for them to want to learn more and take a meeting with my team and I. Yeah. And I know that Jeremy, one of the things he does is he compliments them on their benefit package, right? He's not there just poking a bunch of holes or, you know, and saying, you got a terrible package. You got to do this, do this. <laughs> you know, he compliments, you got some great stuff in there and there are some gaps or there's some exposure that, you know, uh, I'm helping other folks in your company, uh, understand and get clear on and see if there's something they can do about it. So it's, I think we got to be careful how we approach that for everybody listening. Uh, uh, it's topadvisorpodcast.com. You know that cause that's where you are probably uh, episode 27. Also episode 23 with Don Hilario. Uh, he's done a similar thing in Google and he's learned all the language of, of Google. People who work at Google, call themselves Googlers which is hysterical. Uh, and then uh, I had one other. Oh, yeah. Um, number 39, Todd Gillingham, also similar strategy. So if that if this interests you, uh, I encourage you to, uh, to look at some of the other podcasts or listen, I should say, to the, some of the other podcasts. Chris, when we were preparing for this, I, you said you had a question for me and wondering if it'd be okay to ask it during the podcast. And I'm learning from you. Maybe you can learn from me. I love it. Uh, what, what question do you have for me? Yeah. So I know I, when we were talking, I brought up how important COIs were to me, especially with transitioning about an hour and 45 minutes north of where I built my entire practice. And on my 20, I interviewed 22 CPAs. Once I got to the 23rd, I knew this was the person that I wanted to create a partnership with. And I'm sure we've all created those centers of influence with individuals but how do you get the point across to your COIs that there is a stressed importance around the law of reciprocity? <laughs> well, first of all, you have to understand, Chris, that most accountants, CPAs, in attorneys, they plan attorneys, they were they were born without the reciprocity gene. So uh just because you send potential clients or prospects who become clients for them doesn't automatically make you referable. They appreciate it. It's a good thing to do. It's nice to, you know, give in that way to get, but it doesn't necessarily make you referable. So what makes you referable with, especially with these, you know, more risk adverse folks like accountants and attorneys in a lot of cases uh, is they have to really, really, really understand, appreciate, feel really good about your value and trust you. Their biggest fear is that somehow you're going to mess up the relationship with their client, someone they send to you, right? Very risk adverse in a lot of ways. And so 
what I found with most advisors, the ones who are able to build these types of relationships, and some do a very good job at this, is really laying out pretty much your entire process from soup to nuts. You know, just going in there and say, hey, we, you know, we help with life insurance and we help with investments and we help with the, that generic, you know, overview of what you do. Everybody says that. Uh, you got to really lay it out there. I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh uh, Aaron uh, Willis is an advisor and Aaron uh, had an attorney who was working for a large firm. So he didn't feel like he was a good uh, potential COI at first, but then he went off onto his own practice and, and then had an ability to be a good COI. So Aaron went, sat with him and, and learned about his process, his philosophy about estate planning, everything, his staff, everything he could find out about this guy to, to feel good about sending business to him. And then he had a couple of weeks later, had this guy come over to his business. He showed out this, the questionnaires that he put out the questionnaires that he gives his, his prospects and clients. He talked about his client service model. He just really laid it out from soup to nuts. And Aaron told me that this attorney said this was the first time that anyone trying to court his referrals, his possible referrals had ever really fully explained what he did and how he did it. So he could trust it and could understand it and could know who to send his way. So you can either wait two, three, four years to earn their trust, uh, or you can move it a little faster, but you got to be careful about going too fast because that looks too salesy to them. Uh, and and just lay out all that you do. The, the two mistakes that I found when it comes to centers of influence uh, with a lot of financial folks, especially new folks who are excited and you got to make your numbers right. So you got to you got to be a little bit, you know, more proactive than you might normally be. Uh, is they'll either come on too fast, you know, they're excited that you know this accountant or attorney knows other people. That that comes across as too salesy, too pushy. It pushes those folks away usually, and or you don't stick at it long enough and do what it takes to build the trust over time. It could take nine months, a year, sometimes. Now, I got a question for you around this because you said you talked to 22 CPAs and uh, CPAs, and the 23rd was the one you identified as someone that might be a good Matt. What happened in the first 22? I learned that there's a big difference between tax preparers and tax strategists, and someone who would take the time to listen to me, ask me about my business. He didn't ask once how many clients I had, how many referrals I would be able to provide him. It was all about me. And in the business that I'm in, I'm so used to asking people about themselves all the time. And it was very flattering. And you could tell that he really cared. And funny enough, he interviewed not 22, but a handful of advisors and just didn't find the right fit. And then when we both met in the first five minutes, we both just kind of had this massive smile on our faces and we're like, we, we knew this was going to be the relationship mm. that we've been mm. look, we're looking for. Mm. That's good. So you, you got to be referable. You also can never assume that the center of influence, CPA, attorney, whatever the person might be, that they know how to uh, who to send to you and how to make a good connection. So you got to educate them on who you serve the best, how to identify someone who you can serve well and, and what's going on. 
And then you got to talk about what that introduction looks like, what that connection looks like. Because sometimes they'll they'll give your name out to someone. They might give your phone number or email out to somebody. That doesn't mean that person is going to call you because that person's been putting it off up to this point. They may still continue to put it off. So we want a connection. We want an introduction. We want an email handshake, or we want to meet that prospect in the CPA's office. Uh, we've got to, sometimes we have to teach those folks how to make good referrals. And one way to do that is by how you give referrals to them or make introductions to them. I call it the golden rule of referral giving, and that is give referrals unto others as you would have them be given unto you. So you take the time, make really good connections and follow up with the referrals, the introductions that you make, and then hopefully they're seeing that uh, and they see how you do it and how it works and it makes a big difference. Um, so I hope that helps a little bit. Uh, Chris, for the folks listening uh, who uh, may have lost their prospecting mojo, and I've I've met people that are 20, 25 years in the business who come to me sometimes because they, they they say, Bill, I I used to do this all the time, but I you know I I don't do it anymore. I, you know I don't wake up wanting to stretch my comfort zone. Uh, you know wh what advice do you have for them? How does someone get that prospecting mojo going? That's such a great question, and I. I might be in the minority here, but I love prospecting. It's an opportunity to meet new people, but everyone can use their own science or personality to prospect. For me specifically, I do a lot of research on my clients prior to our meetings. But before I even do that research, as I'm onboarding a client, I do bring up how working with other individuals like themselves or giving them an insight on what are all the services my business can actually provide. And if they understand that, I ask them, is it okay if I add you to my board of directors? And I elaborate a little bit further and I let them know that my board of directors are advocates for me out in the community and as well as I'm an advocate for them out in the community. So I start very simple and if they're willing to be added to my board of directors, if I find somebody at their company that they work with, I know that I can reach out and get that favorable introduction. So it, it's all dependent on who I'm looking to get introduced to or prospecting up. But I've learned that if you can make them feel as comfortable in the prospecting meeting and not have this transition from, all right, the meeting's over, now we're going to go to prospecting, but almost bringing the energy up at the end and letting them know that this is my most favorite part of seeing all my clients is learning about who the people are that they care about that I can talk to and help impact their lives or their friends' lives the same way that I impacted theirs. Yeah, what I like about that, it's not the old methodology of let me tell you how I get paid. I get paid in three ways, or I'm trying to build my business and I can really use your help. Please help me, please. It's about spreading the value. It's coming from that place of you're seeing the value. You're on a mission. You want to at least let other people know that there's opportunities to make educated financial decisions that are in their best interests, right? So this is about spreading the value. Nothing wrong with asking for a little help, but if we do that, we want to make sure it's help me help others, right? It's let's bring this value to others. It sounds like that's the perspective you take. Is that true? Exactly. I look at this as being a farmer. 
and every mm. interaction that I have, I get an opportunity to drop seed. I don't know when that seed is going to grow, but at least I planted the seed. So every interaction, every time I'm out in the out and about in the community, I try to spread as many seeds as I possibly can, not knowing when they'll grow, when they'll yield, but at least I put it out there versus keeping things close to my chest. So it's very important to me to speak things into existence and empower others and myself to, to impact the community that, that we all serve. That's good. My featured guest on today's show has been Chris Ridgway based in Appleton, Wisconsin, planting seeds in Appleton, Johnny Appleseed. I don't know. My mind just goes in crazy places. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for being a featured guest and top advisor podcast. Bill, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, you bet. Uh, to you, the listener of this podcast, may I ask you a small favor? If you like the episode or like the podcast in general, please leave a five-star review on the platform you're listening to now. And not all platforms have a place for reviews, but if yours does, I'd be grateful. Thank you. If you haven't already, head over to thecatesacademy.com. Check out our newest online resource to help you create exponential growth by multiplying your best clients. That's thecatesacademy.com. And don't forget to use the coupon code TCA200, TCA200, to save $200 on your membership. This is Bill Cates reminding you that ideas do not make you more successful. Only acting on those ideas will bring you the success you desire. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you for listening to the Top Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Proud Mouse Pod Rocket Academy. I encourage you to visit my website, referralcoach.com, for links to my books, online courses, and to register for the Cates Academy.